Hello. I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. Welcome to Superhero Hour Hour. This is a show where we do not discuss Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus's <laughs> crossover country trap hit, Old Town Road. But instead, we discuss every live action television show that's based on a comic book or comic book property. I am your intrepid host for the evening. I'm going to lead your little horse to comic waters, but I will not make it drink. <laughs> With me, as always, is Mike. I fucking... I don't like when your intros feel like attack. That I've read the headlines, but I don't know what the song is. Oh, it's and a good song. Now that's my introduction. And it's we're, a good we're song. all pissed because that song just hit number one of the podcast charts, and that's unfair because it's not a <laughs> podcast. Well, listen, it's it can be number one in all the charts because it's a good fucking song, and it slaps. Also, with this is Greg, and that was a quality rendition. Thank you. That was the, that was a good rendition. I, You've now heard the song, Mike. Yeah, you pretty much you got. You it. heard like the premiere version of the song. Yeah, it's the number one on the charts of versions there of Old Town Road. There is another part you have to hear, which is got the horses in the back. That's an important part. Is that a <laughs> My life is a movie. Bull riding in boobies. <laughs> also with me is Ryan. I think the Taylor's rendition could make number one of the country charts because Taylor sounds different than the real singer, and they'd probably be fine with how you sound. Which is why they brought in Billy Ray Cyrus, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, we'll have him sing it. And then they were like, ah, crap. We, got another, <laughs> I, we, we got didn't <laughs> know you bring in the BRC. <laughs> I don't want to be there when they find out about Darius Rucker. Because <laughs> they've the, been jamming a wagon wheel for years. Right. There, there's one that they've let through, and then like no one knows on the Billboard charts. <laughs> Like, because it's historically, they just take off. Like, I, didn't they take off that Nelly and was it Tim McGraw song? Yeah, but that was or something? bad. No, they are over and over again. <laughs> I replay it over and over again. Even though, oh, so great I'm only, I've never heard either of these songs in real life, just you singing them. I can tell the other one is good and the one you just sang is bad. All right. Well, you know what? I'll take that because Old Town Road is the best song that's ever been written. The it's, way to tell it's is very good. Cowboy if, hat is Gucci. <laughs> Wrangler on my booty. If something is actually quality, Taylor will sing it or talk about it like very matter of factly. Uh-huh. But if it's garbage, he will get so into it. Yeah. Like, he just loves doing it. Speaking of. Guys, I went to a comic book uh, related movie this weekend. This is a comic book property. Hellboy. It's a comic book property. No, Shazam. No, mm. late Captain Marvel. Don't say that. Again. No, not late Captain Marvel. It is Rotten Tail, everyone's favorite comic book property. <laughs> right, you guys. This is a comic book. It is. It is a graphic novel. Is it? This is DC or Marvel? Uh, it's um, some like searing point. Or press or something. <laughs> it's uh, like a fourth party publisher. Uh, but I went to a red carpet premiere for the film uh, version. Uh, the story of Rotten Tail is he's a uh, he's a he's a, a laboratory person. He's okay. a scientist, you might call them in the yeah, late laboratory profession. person. Yes. Um, and <laughs> that seems, yeah, dominion. You guys know how Spider Man got his powers, where he was bit by a radioactive spider. Sure. Yeah, definitely. What I have not you, heard the story. Yeah. Well. It's uh, a similar story where he got bit by a radioactive rabbit. Uh oh! And he turns into a little roustabout guy <laughs> who commits a lot of crimes called Rotten Tail, as in like Peter Cottontail. The oh, is his name Peter? His name is Peter Cotton, but then he turns into Rotten Tail, Rotten Tail okay. as his as his bunny persona. Do the critics like it? Like, what's its percentage on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, listen, it has to be on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one hundred. Yeah, I would assume one hundred percent. On Rotten Tomatoes, has to be a zero percent. <laughs> Fellas, my favorite moment of the entire movie is there's a man who uh, his character name is General Phelps, but uh-huh. in true Nick Blood fashion, his real life actor name is Tank Jones. Oh shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't know why they didn't go with that. General uh, Tank Jones, you do not fuck with that. That is well, what I would name a tank. So he comes down. His Christian name yeah. is Tank Jones. He, yeah, yes. Tankius. His name is Tank Jones. He comes down and he gets a special serum that the doctor is working on for, to cure infertility. And it makes your dick hard for a long time. All right. So the general <laughs> takes that serum. And then in a uh, shadow version, we see his penis become fully erect. And he says, get ready for daddy's dick. (laughs) Uh, And then there's an alert that goes off. So he has to put on his sweats and Uh run around. And so they zoom down and just concentrate on this man's erect penis inside of his sweats. For like five minutes. <laughs> and then, then Rotten Tail gets into a fight with him, grabs him by that erect penis, and flips him and just smashes him in between uh, the walls of a hallway until he dies. And that is, if, if that doesn't tell you what the movie is like, <laughs> I don't know what does. Did it cure racism? Uh, there were, as far as I could tell, no people of color of any persuasion anywhere in the movie other than the general. So Tank Jones? Tank Jones. Oh, no, I don't even want to guess. Pakistani. <laughs> I think it cured racism, think, you guys. I don't think we should guess people's <laughs> no. racism. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't <laughs> think that's a good thing. But yeah, so Rotten Tail, full recommend. It is, <laughs> out of, on one to five Three uh, Old Town Roads, <laughs> I'd give it like five Old Town Roads. What about the Billy Ray Cyrus version of Rotten Tail? Oh, that one is getting six. That's over the credits. Own, yeah. <laughs> Where he just sings it plays about when they have like the the comic art in the background, mm-hmm. and uh, actually the the credits were entirely. There's a preacher in the movie, uh-huh. and so the outtakes were just this preacher doing infomercials, and that was actually like almost good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Taylor, are you ever concerned that like maybe you were a bad person and you died? And you're just living your own hell. Oh, I think that every day. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure that's true. Based I've on the stories you tell, it. I also think that. Yeah. Are we glad or stoked? Are, are we stoked? <laughs> I'm probably st- from, a, from a scale from glad to stoked. <laughs> to be, glad to stoked. <laughs> to be a part of that hell. Yeah, I, I think it's an honor. Yeah. I just want to be good at something. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about being good at something, okay. we're talking about the tick later. But before we get to that, a little super serious shishy bullpen. Wow. Wow. Good stuff so far, and I bet there's more good stuff yet to come. Holy cow! We don't. We haven't doing it. We haven't heard what's up yet, but like, if you could uh, put some numbers in your little computer nerd and find out if more, there's more good stuff. Yep, tons of more good stuff. Tons more Coming good live stuff right at you. That's awesome. Uh, where'd you buy that computer nerd? Uh, ComputerNerds.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We're in the commercial portion now, by the way, Mike. Oh, I got that yeah. from your pop till. Mm, I got that from yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. It's where I buy all my things now. Including bookmarks? Including bookmarks. Speaking of bookmark, bookmark it. Um, what about if you didn't spend enough money at Amazon, you have some more money to give to us? I have about a coffee a month's worth of free money. Okay, and we know that... Because sure, I'm bad could, at budgeting, and that's all I have. That could go to Ethiopian children. No, sure. They are going to just burn it away on food right away. What we'll do is make more great tent for you. And them. And what we're talking about is, of course, patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Do it for the Ethiopian kids. We have a special podcast just for them. So if you, that means that if you don't join a Patreon tier, you hate the Ethiopians. Yeah. Why do you do that? Why do you got to hate them? And then, of course, uh, you said your pop filter twice, and I don't know what that is. Oh, yourpopfilter.com mm-hmm. is the mother site to everything we put out. You want podcasts? We got them. You want articles that are four years old? We got those too. Everything that we do is at yourpopfilter.com. If you want articles that are less than four years old, 
you got to become a Patreon member. Patreon, that's just a dollar a month. Do we do Patreon already? I, we can do it again. We'd explain more than pseudo-racist things. Okay, let's then skip that one. Let's just do Amazon again. Just kidding, we already did it. Bye! Hello, and welcome to Superhero Hour Hour, the only show with the science and the... To determine what? To determine what is the best Shazam movie of all time. I didn't know we had that technology. <laughs> this week is 2019's Shazam. Shazam tells the story of foster kid Billy Batson, who is given the powers of six different gods every time he says his name. And says his name he does. <laughs> and then uses those powers to fight crime. But don't forget Homeroom, because he's only 14. Taste buds, I ask you this. Is Shazam the greatest story ever told? Yes. About a young, brooding outsider who loses his family, only to be given a new home by a family that also includes a precocious pop culture referencing nerd. I want to hear Mike's answer to the full question now. Or, is there an or to that, or is that the full question? That's the full question. It's not a boat. There's no wars. <laughs> yes. Oh! Second only to the real-life story of us taking Taylor in. That is... <laughs> so you is. can't think of another thing where, like, a kid who is an orphan who comes into a family and meets this kid with, the, like, the froey brown hair. Oh, no. Making... It's the O.C. It's the, the O.C. O.C. has guys, to be... This is the story God! of the O.C. The O.C. Oh, is the it. best Shazam that's I'm, ever Shazam. I'm, I'm thought... leaving. I'm not in this segment now. I thought you were talking about Webster. <laughs> Is Webster the best OC since Shazam? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, that sounds like you guys loved this movie. Do you guys love this movie? Well, hold on. Before we get off this point, um, <laughs> you'll see rules. This kid with the crutch who becomes friends with the orphan, and they create a family, and then uh, he makes spoiler a, alert. He makes a bunch of pop culture references, and he's got the froey thing. Um, then he becomes a superhero as well. Like who? Who did he become? Seth Cohen himself plays. Uh. Uh, superhero uh, Freddy Fredson. Freddy Fredson. Amazing. Freddy Freeman. I'm sorry. I made up a stupid Freddy name. Freddy Freeman. Okay, I'm going to go to Greg now. Greg, did you not like this movie? Okay. Uh, this is a weird movie. Uh, it has maybe the worst first act of any superhero movie I have seen. Oh, it, you haven't seen Venom? <laughs> it, Venom is what it reminds me of, to be honest. Just, the, just for, like the beginning part. Nothing seems to be working. Uh, it's slow as shit. It starts off with a very boring supervillain origin story, and it's like nobody is going to care about this guy, but they center his story for whatever reason. And then, oddly enough, it gets like better in the second act, and then its third act is one of the best third acts, I think, of any... <laughs> because that's where most superhero movies fall apart, right. and that's where this one, to me, really... like. Like Sword? differentiated itself. Yeah, but I was bored for the first hour. I just really like... I wasn't there for it for the first hour. The wrong lesson that they learned is that you have to have a compelling villain, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, let's make them as big of a deal as the hero. And yeah. that did not work. But the third act lesson that they didn't learn from, like, Wonder Woman and all the Zack Snyder movies is that have a little bit more story to tell in your third right. act. Don't just make it CGI punching. Yeah. And then we got to, like, there were more surprises. And yeah, like, a lot of it evolved in the third act in such exciting ways and that I did not expect. And... That was cool. Within that third act, there is still punching, but still remember who your characters are, right. that there can be jokes. Uh-huh. Uh, the him doing his, Dr. Savannah doing his Dr. Doom speech and Billy being like, I'm, yeah. a, he wasn't even fucking with him. He's like, I'm a mile away. I don't yeah. know why you're talking. Like, that made me laugh so hard. Which is, that's a really good one because there were times where that, just that one bit dabbled in too, like, you're explaining it too much. Uh-huh. Like, we got it, and now you're telling us what we should have gotten. Yeah. And then it went back to, nope, they actually are doing new things with right. this, like, bit. And the, spoiler alert, uh, but the, like, extra Shazam folk, 
that was a cool and twist and like made for really it made the end of the movie so much more interesting. Not in the preview. Hey yeah. Marvel, hide the Hulk. Yeah. Okay. We didn't go in there knowing all the kids got superpowers. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, and I really had no idea. And you nobody don't ex- knows that who the Marvel family is. <laughs> Uh, and you're talking to so many marbles right now. <laughs> so many types of marbles. I have to say though, the counterpoint to that is the seven deadly sins or whatever. Man, they were lame in this movie. They looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. They were serving real Ghostbuster. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, vibes. Uh, but most of what they did was just stand around, kind of looking menacing. Because and then every once in a while they'd eat somebody horrifically. Yeah, but <laughs> wait, like, just do that more. Why wouldn't? They have eaten one of those kids right off. Right. <laughs> it's like their job to stand there until the kids are powerful enough to fight them. And then they're like, all right, now we will fight. He told them not to. Or, <laughs> or it's their job to stand there and look kind of scary until one opens his oh. full body mouth and makes Mike scream okay. the top of his Out lungs. loud in the theater. That was pretty intense. That was unexpected. That got me. Yeah, you feel like you've seen everything that they have on offer there. And then that guy opens up his whole torso and it's like, oh, no, okay. That's You're crazy. just sitting on that? It's like, do you remember Jurassic World where like everybody's sort of in danger but sort of not? And then uh, out of nowhere, a pterodactyl comes down and rips <laughs> apart a secretary like as hard as it can. Uh, we have to talk about the new tone, the very not Nolan-esque, not mm-hmm. Snyder-esque tone. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying for something here, right? Like, this yes. was very purposeful. Yeah. And did it work, or did they swing the pendulum too far the other way? Oh, I thought I, I thought it worked. I mean, or when the movie didn't work, I didn't think it was because of the tone they were right. trying to achieve. I thought that the actor that plays the kid version of Shazam, the 14-year-old version... Ryan Atwood. Uh, I feel like he... He didn't sell a lot of like the humor and stuff, um, but when they when it's just Mister Shazam himself, <laughs> that guy was really good. Yeah, him and Freddie, young Freddie, the two of them together, yeah, were great. That that and when when the movie was delivering that tone, man, that was yeah. I thought it totally worked. It, I'm so much more excited about DC movies now that I feel like the market has pointed to what is good about them, mm-hmm. um, and this understood what people want to see in a movie, which is like. Bits. And what I like is that it, it's not Marvel bits, and Aquaman also pointed the right way, and Aquaman comedy is not the same as Shazam comedy. Right. All comedy doesn't have to be the same. Now, cool. now they can go find their James Gunn, their YTT, like, mm-hmm. now they can sort of branch out from here instead of saying, everyone loves Zack Snyder, only Zack Snyder. Right. And I personally feel like I should mention that I wasn't blown away by a lot of the the humor in this movie, but I, I did laugh out loud a few times, but not like I would expect to from like a Marvel movie. Uh, but the theater that I was in yeah. was absolutely packed, and they were there for everything. Um, and they were also there for like anytime there was like a near miss, somebody in the theater that they took turns doing it would be like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's gonna fuck me up on a movie more than anything else." Like I'm going to walk out of there liking it way more. Yeah, than if the it was. theater loved it, if the theater is just into but it. But they yeah. were like, they loved all the jokes. Like I know people left that movie saying that's like one of the best superhero movies I've seen. And I also kind of get the feeling, and this may be just me being judgmental, but like, it wouldn't be like the smartest person you ever met saying that, <laughs> you know? But like these people, you can't, who loudly emote at movies, were also like loving every single joke. And it was much lighter than most of our DC movies, but it didn't go like it didn't directly try to emulate Marvel. Mm-mm. Like yeah. there was a snark that was missing, and I liked the Marvel snark, but it, I was glad that it wasn't there. The scene that like made me made me know that this was not Snyder stuff was the uh, going to the foster house and introduce all the kids. Uh-huh. It was so cheesy and yeah. wholesome. And it was, I'm not saying it was good, but 
it was so far away from the rest of the stuff I've come to expect from DC that I was yeah. like so much more down than I thought I would be. And a lot of it was poorly done in a bad way. Cause With they bad to, acting. Bad and acting. Bad writing. Kid, but, and each kid was like, you're this and that's all you have. But when it didn't work for four of them, for Freddy, his introduction was one of the best character introductions from a superhero movie. Him just like motor mouthing, like just lie, 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 yeah. lie. It's almost like they did, like strategically they said, we need people to care about Freddy, so we'll give him a good scene and yeah. then make theirs so bad that you have no choice. And then honestly, when he gets superpowers and you're like, now he doesn't have to walk with that cane because he's got superpowers, they set you up for that and I, I bought into that. I was like, oh, Freddy, your leg's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I would be, I know what my New Year's resolution was, but... If we can just talk about this very quickly. Um, this is a story. I don't think anybody else knows what your New Year's no. resolution is. Okay. <laughs> you're not, you're being so if you want to reveal it. that. Uh, you're going to figure it out very soon. What did you fail on in two weeks in? <laughs> well, I mean, a lot. Uh, but this, <laughs> this is the story about a guy who like seems normal. Unfortunately, his dad was an asshole to him, and that kind of fucked him up. And so instead of going for a normal amount of power, he wants all the power. And he can get that. He can become a really good <laughs> bad guy because the opposing side... Uh, it just stands there and waits for their perfect champion instead of like accepting somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They just they just sit there and say like, "Well, we'll do something when we get somebody," and then they finally do. I like that Shazam most commentary of the year as far as our current political situation. I didn't see Lego Movie Two, so <laughs> <laughs> Lego Movie Two had a very similar message. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Trump. <laughs> Uh, no, I actually I like that interpretation of it. I, I I think it's I don't think that's what they were going for, right. but I think <laughs> wait I like it even more. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> but I think that that's a that's a cool way to look at it. It, um, it felt like it just like just, you're saying just vote for Bernie, everybody. Right. Yeah. It, it just He's not went, perfect, but nobody is. It went just on the other side of like uh, this isn't just like everything has this good versus evil story, but trying a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, especially because clear. the Silvana uh, logo is a swastika. Yeah. So that lets you know this is about Trump. <laughs> With a big Trump face right in the middle of the logo. <laughs> this is the bad guy right here. Uh, so I'm going to say below Wonder Woman. I think so. But, like, not by, a, like, just below. I think having a really, really strong third act uh-huh, and Wonder Woman help. having, like a, like, a, like, a weak third act. But I got, like, chills way more during Wonder Woman. The comedy was, like, really a cut above in Wonder Woman. So I'd still say. But, like, not, it's not, I never thought we was going to be that good. But coming out of Ant-Man and Wasp, I remember thinking, like, if this is our baseline, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If this is our baseline. I would love that for the yeah, DCU. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I could put up with a, 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 a slow first hour. It's not that big a deal. All right. Shazam comes out on DVD in four months. Thanks for listening. Oh, and also listen to Movie of the Year. That's what this was based on. And also listen to the OCD because we talked about the OCD. I am in protest, but I'm coming back to let you know <laughs> we are now going to talk about The Tick. The second season of The Tick is here, and in the first two episodes, we get a couple of new baddies in the form of Lobstercules and the Edgelord. This universe is S.H.I.E.L.D. and the continued frustration of Superion. Taste Buds, I ask you this. After the first season received fairly universal praise from the four of us, what, if anything, in the first two episodes of the second season makes it seem like this year might be even better, question mark? I like this, this line of questioning, which is just like... Uh, it was good. Now it's good. Let's talk good. <laughs> <laughs> say how good it is. I, we're supposed to say why it's going to be better than the first season? Because that seems like a, a tall order. 
Well, I mean, I would say that my biggest problem with the first season was so much exposition. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially for a show that like that's the tick. And I, I wasn't that familiar with the tick before that. But what I thought I knew seemed like so much exposition. Like, yeah. Like, where's the jokes in the, the guy with the head that's a stool? Yeah. <laughs> we okay. still haven't met him. Yeah. Are they yeah. gonna bring that guy in? What the they fuck? Have tick? To. Listen, he I, was like the major bad guy of the cartoon. As of last season, I was like, oh, they're gonna do like sort of like a guy a season. I think they're gonna start roaming through this rogues gallery. Yeah. And now we have a lobster man. Yeah, lobster Hercules, and then talking about the pr- correct pronunciation of that. Uh-huh. Love that. Also, that they are updating because Edge Lord is not a thing that is a joke from the nineties. Yeah, that's uh, true. So they are updating and razzing current stereotypes. <laughs> so reverse that. Like we don't have stools anymore, so they can't use that other yeah. guy. Well, when was la- honestly when was the last time you saw a stool? Just like pulled up a good stool and <laughs> had a sit. At 9 a.m. this morning. <laughs> Everybody knows that's when I poop. Uh, I really enjoyed like all the names in this show because I don't even know fully which ones of them are like from the comics and which are just they made up. But uh-huh. uh, the fact that they had a guy whose name was Ty Rathbone, and I was like, oh, I'm already <laughs> on board. And then they revealed that his full first name it's is Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Rathbone. <laughs> I like that. the way that you said uh, from the comics or that they just made up as if like, they took from real life, or they just came up with that off the top of your head. From Comic World, yeah, Comic World is a separate world that is real, akin to our own. Correct? <laughs> is is the running joke that the Tick is changing in how he looks? Yes. A meta joke about that the show's budget is different. Yeah, they changed I think so, the costume. Right? Yes, because they made this a, is three or four. This, yeah, yeah, because they made a reference to it like the the first or second episode because they filmed like the pilot and uh-huh. the year before. Like, yeah, and they're like, well, we've got a new uniform, so just mention it. And now he's molting, so he has <laughs> an even sleeker outfit. Yeah, I I don't know what the reason is behind the costume. I Probably it's this costume is easier for Peter Serafinowicz to wear because uh-huh. it seems less rigid. But yeah, I'm fine with it. If they're just going to keep like offhandedly be like, ah, so you're molting. Cool. One thing too in these uh, this new batch of episodes is that like I get how the reluctant hero is a staple of literature and like that's where the tension comes from. But when Arthur just said, oh, I quit. I'm going to be a superhero. Here we go. Uh-huh. I'm not being reluctant anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was such like, it was so much relief. And like, I realized that, oh, we went through an entire season right. of will he, won't he. And now we can just move the fuck on. I did really enjoy when everyone sat him down and was like, hey, so you're a superhero. He's like, how'd you know? I was like, well, you your used code name you, is Arthur. Your code <laughs> name is Arthur. And like, you look like you. Like, we're, we all know. Yeah, the matter-of-fact conversation he has with his boss of just, like, it's not, like, him trying to hide it. It's just, like, well, we should sit down and talk openly about the fact that you are actually a superhero. Yeah. You know what one thing I think is kind of a bummer? Uh, I'm less into Overkill, and that's because they've made him a little bit more of a a person. Uh Uh-huh. His relationship with Dot is, like, fun, but I miss, like, all those really old Overkill lines, you know, where he, like, talks like Spider-Man noir or something. Mm -hmm. So we need Dot to die, then? Or maybe when she becomes a superhero, because they've been like that. Has she been like, saw the future, yeah, yeah. and so, did not deal with it well. She just slapped somebody's <laughs> no, coffees yeah. out of her hands. And I feel like she's gonna get those cool boots because when those she was combat a, boots, when she, she was a little girl, she wanted boots and then couldn't get them. And then they, they've introduced that there's like cool techno boots. Uh, <laughs> I wish they would. I hope they do that quickly. I don't want another first. Like I don't want this second season to be her deciding whether or not uh-huh. she's gonna be. A super. What I think that's going to happen, and this is based not just on how much TV I've watched, but how much NBA I've watched, uh-huh. is that the tick is going to say, I'm not going to work for your organization unless right. I get to choose the rest of the Fab Five. 
and then it's going to be all the characters uh-huh. that we know. Yeah. And, and there's still good overkill lines. There is one him like hiding in the corner. Yeah, he <laughs> had him do that again. And yeah. then uh, he did the Terminator thing, but he said, if you want to be less confused, come with me. Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> and also, he still got those eyes. Which still got those creepy eyes. I, I like broody overkill. I also kind of like like less broody overkill. What I want is broody overkill with overly happy danger boat. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just want those scenes to stay, and I'm fine with everything else that overkill does. Yeah, we didn't get a ton of danger boat, but what we did get is a princess bride conversation where <laughs> you can hear him like twirling his hair on the phone, uh-huh. like hoping yes. for the right response that he wants. <laughs> it's that's that's the thing that the princess says when when she, when she's says okay i just i just want you to know all right danger boat out we do we have like our overarching for the season plot line yet no i i think it might be teased from last season into now is superion getting sick of people saying things about him and then freaking out becoming a bad guy yeah they're definitely tipping that he's gonna go like dark superman because Fox News is getting to him. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I mean, there's so few shows that we cover that, like, I would be so down for a season of One and Dones. Right. Like, just to see whatever this week's Lobster Hercules is would be great. And, yeah, they... Lobster Hercules and the Wet Bandits. (laughs) That's what I kept thinking of the whole time. Yeah, Yeah. the Wet Bandits philosophy. (laughs) It's like, whoa. (laughs) But, yeah, I think that... And it would be cool to flesh out all the different characters Mm because they've still used so little of the original IP. And maybe they never will. But it feels like, you know, bringing in Deflator Mouse or... And that's something, too, is that, it like, if they don't think that the show that they're... This specific show that they're creating, uh, a guy with a stool head is right for them, I think that's awesome. Because what I'm also seeing in this second season is honing in on their specific right. comedy and satire. You uh-huh. know, like, this is what we're going to do. And I can't wait to meet all these characters that are in that specific point where they want to go for it. Yeah. Because the first season was a little all over the place as mm-hmm. far as like broadness and uh, like parody. And, and what, what, what it's honing into it now that it's figuring it out and it's calmed down in exposition is there's the real, the funny version of how do you have a real life and be a superhero? Cause the mom gets really mad when they fight through super or through dinner. Those little shits. <laughs> Those little shits. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Overkill dealing with the fact that he let his family die and he said never again and then he let them die too. <laughs> like they're, they're, we're starting to zoom in on what ev- makes everybody a person in this world. Yeah, and then also Overkill reacting to like villains, like uh-huh. terrible murderers, the same way he would when uh, a girl falls asleep on you and it's just, it's just uncomfortable. It just sucks. Uh, how did you guys feel about the return of is is his is Arthur's stepdad's name like? Jerry. Walter? Walter. Walter. He hit all the checks, right? Yeah. He asked about feet. He yeah, asked he asked about feet. Do you, are you guys That's still... going to pay off at some point. It has to, right? Yeah. Because it just keeps coming up, and it's still good every time. Is I'm he's like, not a podiatrist or something? No, he's just a guy who's a foot fetishist. Yeah, he's, he's not like, he's like, how's his feet? He says, like, all wellness comes from the feet. Yeah. I think of the first season. Yeah, I think he's yeah. closer to, like, Lieutenant Dan. Like, it's not his job, but he wants you to have those clean socks, uh-huh. make sure you have them. Yeah, it's like make sure make sure you get those feet. But there's gonna be a point where she turns out to be like a villain or something, and he's gonna be like, "That's why I was always asking about your feet." Yeah, <laughs> because uh, she, th- his mom is like, "This is a family without secrets," and Walter like looks. Oh yeah, huh? 
Uh, he's so, like, I got a secret, secret <laughs> thing about feet. Oh, yeah. It's not that secret, Walter. He talked to everybody about their fucking feet. Like, we, listen, we've been meaning to talk to you about it. We just thought it was like a private thing for you. But like, listen, <laughs> now it's out in the open. Let's let's get through this. My foot health is not any of your business. Yeah, I'm, I, I take care of my feet, but that's for me. I don't know if this is going to be something they pursue, but in the background of one of the shots, there was like a, a TV news story, and it said, underwater standoff continues. <laughs> and it was just a picture of an octopus. <laughs> And I remember, like, for the whole season, last season, they teased, like, the yeah. extra... The naked the big Really man. big dude. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember his full name. It was, like, the really, it was like the really large man. Yeah, uh, and the, the, the first way they teased it was just news stories about it. So I wonder if there's going to be something where Possibly. there's some sort of undersea standoff <laughs> with an octopus. Like an, like an octopus that's just holding, like, guns at it itself. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's in a one-man Mexican standoff. Borderlands 8. <laughs> Do you guys get the feeling watching these two that there is too much going on? No. I, I feel like this is the biggest thing with... And I didn't see this coming, but like the biggest thing with all of our shows is, is there too much or too little going on? I don't think there's too So Lint is on her own adventure, and it's, they built her up enough last season that like I don't need her to mingle yet. Just do your thing, Miss Lint. And everybody has their do side adventures. Do your thing, Miss Lint. <laughs> that I, I don't think too much is going on at all. It's just like the minute you're like, I don't want to watch the Tick and Arthur hang out with John Hodgman because I'm an idiot. It switches <laughs> to somebody else for a second. It's making the turn towards like a, a populated superhero mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And I think that's giving it a lot to do as it makes that turn. But I think that's really going to pay off. That's I'm excited about the show that's really about superheroes and not about just like them going to work and thinking should they be superheroes. That's I I could see it getting bogged down like this season of Riverdale where they decided we're just going to do twelve things every episode. But it's not there yet. I don't think. And I. I think that because it's 30-minute episodes, they don't have as much space to get bogged down. Like, they know they have to deliver. So I'm not as worried about The Tick doing it, what a lot of our other shows are doing. And that complaint with Riverdale is that when you do that much, too much, then you separate the four from the diner, the core four. Mm -hmm. And at least we'll always have Tick and Arthur hanging out. Right. You know, that will get us through some... Too complicated times. Yeah, because I if if they ever split Tick and Arthur up, which oh like, fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'll go I'll burn yes. Amazon. I, down. I'll be taped off. I will murder Jeff Bezos. No, we we won't do that. You guys. I will. Gotta. You guys don't have to be a mard, but I'm saying on record. I feel like they were doing a lot of like, is Tick Arthur's like mental projection or something? Based on the first two episodes. Do you think they've soft pedaled that and now they're like not going to do that anymore? Because when they test Arthur and he has no powers, I feel like that was a way of saying like, you know, we don't want to talk about the imaginary friend thing. I mean, anymore. like so much stuff does not make sense if yeah. they're still in that. I think that I could see it as something that like they said before they started writing. Wouldn't mm-hmm. this be cool? Yeah. And now they're like, wouldn't this be hard? Like, yeah. Not do it anymore. Yeah, because the the first the, the very beginning of season one, if he wasn't right around Arthur, he basically turned into a stupid baby yeah and then arthur would come back to him and then he would be able to think clearly and there was i mean like he has like he's like dissociative something yeah and like uh, he has no history at all Mm -hmm. there was a clear nightlight i remember a nightlight like giving the entire thing away in the first season and now that's just gone yeah i think i think that they're walking that back or they decided to save that for some other thing like maybe they're trying to throw another misdirect yeah. to make us think that it's gone and then they're like oh well bam aren't you surprised now <laughs> <laughs> those <laughs> fucking pretentious assholes you know how tv shows are <laughs> whoa you never saw that one coming jack well we are almost out of time talking about the tick let's go around the horn and say how we feel about 
the rest of this season going forward and our final thoughts about these two episodes that we watched. Starting with Mike. Great. And great. Cool. <laughs> uh, Greg? Great. <laughs> it was so good did it you, fucked you up. Did you yeah. almost call me mom? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. Mom? My, my, my mind fried just then. He um, didn't think that you were mom. After talking to Mike, he was just hoping that his mom could console him. Please. I'm excited about this show. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy the prospect of watching it. Um, I think, it, to me, it seems like it's still got the same trajectory as season one, but I don't know if it's going to be like as good or better than. But I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to, to watch it. That's good review, Ryan. <laughs> I'm pushing all my chips into better. Like, I think that this is going to be so much better. It's going to be like tighter, more focused. And I think it did so much work in the first season that like it doesn't have to anymore. Okay, I'm I felt like those, these two episodes were fantastic and I really very, both of them? You like yeah. both? I liked both of these Equally? episodes. Equally? If you had to, what like if you had to pick which was your favorite of the two, what would it be? I think probably the second one. Yeah. Would be. Why? Yeah, classic tick. <laughs> what yeah. did it do? We can't, we can't get into it. We, <laughs> we don't cannot, have time. Are we out of time? We're out of time. That's all the time we have for the tick. Now we'll move on to the pull list of the show where we're talking about every other show that we watched this week. Um, so I said that more good stuff is coming up. That wasn't the best stuff. Not as good as the first part. No, I mean, it's so hard to top that first part. First parts are always it wasn't the best. bad. No, it wasn't bad. But now, now it's, it's, this is the pinnacle of a roller coaster. You know how roller coasters hit you hard at first? Right. And you get kind of bored in the middle. And at the end, you're like, oh my God, I didn't see it coming even though I watched the thing before. Oh my God, is it the Skrillex roller coaster? At oh my God! Oh my God! Well, I feel bad that we're not letting them get to the rest of that amazing part. So why don't we tell them about a couple things real quick, and then they can go back. Really quick. So we have a ton of podcasts that you can listen to. You're listening to this one, of course, and we appreciate that. You love it. But don't forget, Movie of the Year. Every Monday. Where Every Monday, where Greg hosts and uh, takes two people and you on a journey through the best movies of each year. There is uh, the first Tuesday of the month, Taylor Talking Taylor, where Taylor takes you and only himself through a journey through the tailors of history. Are you calling Thursday Thursday? Because yeah. you are, I'm talking to the audience right now, Mike, uh, because you're so thirsty for awesome content with two bros talking about the greatest TV show of all time. We have the OCD. And the flagship show, the baby mama herself, not with Tina Fey or Amy Poehler, Superhero Hour Hour, where I just said names that really confuse what we're doing. They have nothing to do with this show, where we watch every single TV show based on comic Based on Baby Mama. And bring that to you. So many good shows. My God. Um, if you want to be on these shows, Mike, what is a way to contact us? You could certainly email us at contactyourpopculture.com and we'll read your emails. Just in the subject line, say what show. Based on your message, we'll probably figure it out. We're not going to read your Baby Mama content on Taylor Talking Taylor. Or at all. Uh, or the other thing you can do is call our robot associate. He is a robot. and an asso- I feel like I solved both of those problems yeah, with you, the You intro. handled yeah. it right there. His phone number is 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DRDJPOP. That's because his name is 1562-DRDJPOP. That is his name, yes. That is what we call him. And if you're like, all that seems old and I hate it, hit us on the Twitter, at Your Pop Filter. Or on the Instagram, at Your Pop Filter. And those are all of our social medias. That we care to talk about right now. Okay. No, we're not going to bring up the LinkedIn? No. Okay. Nor our Gab. It was a bad business decision to get on Gab. It's hateful there. Well, I mean, it's not as bad of a business decision as starting Gab. Yeah. That seems worse. That is not our best decision either. Speaking of Gabbin, we're doing it now, so let's get back to the rest of the show.
now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is the season two two-part premiere of Cloak and Dagger. On the two-part second season premiere, thanks for ruining all that, Taylor. You're welcome. Of Cloak and Dagger, Tandy and Tyrone are still in basically the same relationship. A little bit of bonding, a little bit of mistrust, edging closer to being partners. They both have their own things going, Tyrone trying to rid the hood of drugs, and Tandy trying to stop abusive boyfriends. But they're eventually brought together when they find out what happened to Detective O'Reilly. Taste buds, I ask you this. And my, I sort of already used this question in the tick, so pretend that I didn't, all right? Because I do think that this is like the ultimate question for all these shows. Are these two episodes doing too much? Like, is this... <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that question before. Oh, man. It feels like you're... Uh, is this, like, Riverdale level too much, or is this Marvel Netflix too little? Or no, is it, uh, it's not too little. Baby I, Bear. I think that this show has its own tone, which is great. It's different than other shows we've watched. But I also think part one of these two-parters was weird in how dialogue light it was. It was very music video-ish. It was very montage but not in like a lazy way they decided like we're gonna art film the fuck out of episode yeah, one it was mostly sepia uh with like uh word cards and uh-huh. then somebody came and played a piano <laughs> in my room when i watched it the entire time uh i was into it and i i love them together mm-hmm. and they finally figured out when they are apart they're now doing things and fucking up in ways that I expect them to fuck up and they're learn I don't know. It's just watching teenagers learn. But it, and it, I'm into it. But it wasn't like dipshit, oh my God, we're going to die if we're not with each other. It wasn't no. like banana peels all over the floor. It was just slightly fucked up and in clear ways where the other one could be of right. help. Please call the other one. And then and then like that fucking the showing the Bonnie and it's eight months later. It's only like towards the end of the second episode do they reveal that this is eight months after the first season ended. Uh, the movie night scene is like, oh no, you guys are pals and you are together for fucking ever and you're just helping each other out. So when they lie to each other, it hurts even worse right. than ever in the first season. A little bit less like forced storytelling mm-hmm. drama and a little bit like, dude, guys, come on, let's be friends. And also like, because so many of our shows are people saying, I don't want to be a superhero anymore. But for them to tell that to each other while they're lying their asses off mm-hmm. being superheroes all over town, here for it. Okay, but are we at the point now where like, this is played out, and now let's just be partners. I think I think now that it's not just partners; they're going to be a trio with Bridget because I thought it was uh, Bridget Mayhem was Hyde and Jekyll, mm-hmm. and it's not Jekyll and Hyde is how most people say it. But yeah, she just well, I know the real hero of the story. <laughs> uh, she there's just another Bridget who's evil, okay. but she's fully out of the body. And yeah, she will probably be the villain of the season, mm-hmm. but we are going to need somebody to come in and rewrite those lines of dialogue. And I understand that they for have mayhem? to keep... For Mayhem? For Mayhem. They have to keep Do you Bridget want me in. to do it? Yes, Greg. Okay. That would yeah, be awesome. Yeah, we'll hire you. Oh, cool. She is so awful, 2D, cardboard cutout mm-hmm. villain. Like, it's not funny. It's not cool. We need somebody to come in and do that. I think they needed it. They wanted to show that this is not your daddy's Bridget. <laughs> he keeps saying, I know she's not your mom, but please just have a pizza with her. Well, speaking of daddy, I'm going to pull on the daddy pants and say we're out of time. But now I have to ask you for your moments of the week and will you continue watching this season, starting with Ryan? I think I'm in one more. Okay. I, I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm going to try as long as I can. Yeah. Um, and my moment of the week is uh, Tandy's club outfit. Uh-huh. They have to go to the club, but they're at... Um, the church. Yeah, they're at uh, Cloak's homeless house. And so he, she just puts on one of his shirts and a belt around it, and... It works. Looks like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, your moment of the weekend. Uh, that is great. Continue watching. She Hadoukens now. Oh, uh, oh so sweet. her, Both of them, they're cool. better yes. at their powers, and they're 
fine with that. But and I mean, so, the disadvantage of that is that you can see her energy bar above her head, and yeah. you know how close. So she is can to the head. bad guys. They're like, wait, just let her explode this and then get her. <laughs> uh, but it is that that movie night scene was fucking awesome and just so Bondy and great. What was uh, the movie? Do you remember? Zorro. Oh, which that's I thought right. Batman. Yeah, that's that, Batman. That is weird. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely keep watching. All right. Well, uh, Cloak and Dagger is on Freeform on Tuesday nights. Your next show this week is The Punisher. This week on The Punisher, Mahoney's irregular arrest of Frank via ambulance gets cut short when Father John Sleepy runs them off the road, but that is stopped short from killing them when Madani hits him with a car. Later, he tracks down Amy and Curtis, and Madani figures out where Krista's loyalties lie. Taste buds, I ask you this. How is this episode showing the dangers of emotion and obsession? <laughs> I thought you were going to say driving cars. <laughs> and based with on the voice. first scene, like we were one clown-driven ice cream truck away from uh, a PS1 game. It but was nuts. <laughs> it, the show knew it was funny, right? Like, his face, John Sleepy was like, what? Like, it was fucking hilarious when he got hit. This whole episode It could be pretty funny to be hit by cars. <laughs> Maybe the internet yeah. is te- teaching us that at the I, moment. I certainly learned that this week. <laughs> but before we get to that, what was your actual question? Uh, what's this episode saying about the dangers of obsession and emotion? Uh, much less than I think it, it, it think it thinks it is. Well, that's but, Netflix. But like, I I think that it had been building up to this this hour for the entire season, mm-hmm. not even the last hour, which is next week, but this hour, and just threw sort of everything out the window. <laughs> Do you remember how the doctor died? Right out the window. Right out the window. Um, but like, just went for this crazy tone that I would have loved for the entire run yeah. of Punisher. But it did not like it was not built up to this. This episode was like, have you Hilarious. seen that movie Speed? Yes. Or that movie Crank. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's what the writers were saying. And somebody's like, oh, I wish we had said that. The fucking episode one. Like, <laughs> Listen, it just, if it you pitched m- the show Punisher to me like that, yeah. it motored. But instead, we had to spend so much time with like P- PTSD and uh-huh. obsession and all this stuff. And then for them to say right now, that's so boring. Let's not do that anymore. But why, why it worked for me is that everybody is way more hurt than these shows let us see people get hurt. Like, graphic, disgustingly hurt. Oh, man. There's and some scenes. And isn't this. like, I need a nap. I could mm-hmm. nap and be fine. They just keep going because at this point they're obsessed or so angry that fuck my friends, fuck my wounds, I'm going to keep going. And they're like, that's don't, what's going to kill you. It, don't fuck my wounds. I don't know why it that is such a prevalent me. part of this show. Oh, not like fuck my wounds. Would I have turned away a lot during this episode? Oh, man, the, the one. The, the one, one where he lifts up his shirt and you're just like, oh, what the shit? That's not even <laughs> the one. Oh, what's your the one? The one is there is a crazy uh, Dumont Madani fight. Right, mm-hmm. and they're going through a kitchen, and they're beating the shit out of each other. And this could speak to the fact that anger and obsession gives you powers that you didn't have before, uh-huh. or this could speak to the fact that like this is bad screenwriting because sure. Madani should have whomped instantly. Her. She's a therapist. They can't fight. They That's are, why we- they take that job. <laughs> um, but they do the thing where like Dumont's got the knife closed oh, in on her, yeah, and Madani's just Madani's like pulling it away. But Dumont wins, and the knife just goes into her face. And oh! Like, slash, and Madani's even like, this shouldn't happen! <laughs> oh, no! What was bad? Like, I was like, just move your head a little to the left, <laughs> and she'll go into the wall, and then you get her. And that didn't happen. And oh. that's why I think uh, everybody who we expect to be good at things was fucking up this episode. And Madani wanting to cat and mouse. She didn't want to... Just arrest her right away or beat her ass. She's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say enough things until she's afraid because she's right. slowly putting. It, I'm gonna make her paranoid, and that's what made her fucking face got stamped. Yeah, your face gets stamped. All right, well, it's now time for moments of the week, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, my moment of the week is it, that same scene in the kitchen fight. They are like, they're. I don't know who's gonna win. Like, Madani can't fight for some reason. Dumont is an incredible fighter. 
they're like it just pound for you pound. Know how it's I got awesome. these scars. And uh, Madani gets away from us for a second and then grabs something in the kitchen. And we've talked before about how the kitchen is like a classic. Oh yeah, action scene place. Uh, she grabs something and throws it, and it's a sponge. And yeah. it, it flies across the room as if it were a sponge. I kept thinking, because there's a teapot going off, like uh-huh. scream, like the kitchen is noisier and scary, so somebody's going to pour boiling water. Nope, it's just sponges and the tea bags themselves, <laughs> but nobody grabs the boiling water ever. It does not matter how strong you are. You can't throw a sponge in a fight. <laughs> it's not going to hurt. Moment of the week. Uh, Frank has gotten a senator whose pictures are what like caused this whole season to happen. Allegedly. And he thinks... The senator's got to know, and the, he's, the senator breaks down, and he's like, because he's like, I don't know anything, I don't know anything. He's like, I'm going to torture you. And he's like, he's like I'm going to be honest, I'm scared, and you're terrifying. <laughs> and it's so nice for somebody in this world to react to Frank, how everybody actually would react to Frank. Uh, the Punisher's on Netflix all the time. We're watching it week by week. There are two more episodes after this. I think this is it. Oh, no, next yeah. week is it. Next week is it. So, tune in for the finale next week. Now, Umbrella Academy. This week on Umbrella Academy... Allison auditions for a role in Ride Along 3 and follows a cop around to try to find out what happened to Vanya. And Diego breaks out of jail to meet up with the rest of the family, where they discuss the fact that Daddy Hargreaves committed suicide to bring them together and set off to help Allison. Unfortunately, they are too late because Allison finds Vanya and tries to bring her home. But after revealing that Allison was the one who planted the idea that Vanya was normal in her head, Vanya gets pissed off and slices Allison's neck and leaves her bleeding out on the floor. Taste buds, I ask you this. Did anyone else yell, oh, shit, <laughs> when Allison got got? Can we go to, just before we answer that, can we go to Greg Theory real quick? Like, is she dead? Is this a show that's, like, going to treat their character as dead as dead? See, okay, I'm glad you brought that up, and I like that you called it Greg Theory. Yeah. Uh, as of the end of this episode, she is clearly dead. Yes. And not even dying anymore, actually dead. But you just have to wait till you see the next episode because Here's the next episode they'll have her just like suddenly sit up and hold her throat and they'll be like, we have to get her to the hospital soon. Here's what I think is actually going to happen. <laughs> I think this is a situation where Klaus's power somehow comes into effect. And okay. now that he is actually sober for the first time in his life, I feel like this could be an opportunity where like he like he summons a doctor ghost and the doctor yeah. ghost walks him or through. So, I feel like somehow <laughs> that's a Fox show. Yeah, <laughs> that is a hit Fox show. Doctor Ghost, Doctor Ghost and Bones. You know he's still sexy. <laughs> back to back. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I do feel like if Allison comes back, it will be related to Klaus. It, it could be that she is actually dead, but she hangs around like Ben does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that could be an option. Eventually, by the end of the third season, only Klaus can talk to any of the other characters. Yeah. yeah. He's just the only one. <laughs> like I, someone uh, else dies every season. I know how many comic books I've read and how many comic book TV shows I've watched, and I know that death means nothing, but based on this episode, I, uh, for this one, I'm going to be actually bummed if she comes back because maybe it wasn't the best like plot-wise. We've had like more exciting plot mm-hmm. episodes of Umbrella Academy. Yeah. But watching Allison in this episode uh, and like the the weight of her powers on her. Yeah. That they're essentially like a drug and what she it's like. She can't stop. She yeah. just yeah. can't stop doing it and then it just gets worse and worse and she keeps going down the drain and like this is why her husband left her mm-hmm. and she's just weak. Like and, if you've got this power why not just use it? It's going to solve all your problems not like looking down the mm-hmm. road how it's going to make you a terrible shitty shallow person and then she dies this, if she stays dead, I think this was an incredible episode of Superhero TV. Yeah, and I also felt like they did her death really well because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Because you're already expecting a bad thing, which is her using her powers. Right, right. And you're like, this is the bad thing that happens. And it's like, no, now she's fucking dead. And so many other shows would have telegraphed that death. Mm-hmm. Like, if you use your powers like she uses hers, she has to get got. 
Right. But we like it still like caught me totally off guard. But it's also because we've only really seen her use her powers in flashback. So it's they've been slowly telling the story of she went through all that addiction and is dealing with the oh I haven't earned anything in my life. That's why the only version of her we know is this asshole because it's this asshole who hates herself. So she's angry at the world and this show. I would say I'm going to put a lot of that. I'm putting that into the world. Uh-huh. I think they want to do that. The show hasn't done a lot of the work, but this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Retroactively. But, like, I wasn't pissed watching this saying like, oh, mm-hmm. you haven't earned any of this. No. Like, I thought it was still a great hour. They, they have a big ass cast and they haven't always used them. And finally they gave her her spotlight episode. So that's why it was surprising that she died. But spotlight episodes are so often like, oh, she goes to get donuts and uh-huh. she talks to a normal person and like, oh, look at how she reacts mm-hmm. to that. And like, there's no plot and barely any character. This was a spotlight right. episode. I have to say, I've started reading the comic, and I read like the whole comic that would follow probably this whole first season. This show is doing it a lot better, I think. Oh, really? really? Yeah, I think it's more interesting than, than wow. the comic. I see the, the, the changes they've made. I see where they're going with them, and I think that the comic does some things out of left field at the end all of a sudden, and I feel like the show is doing a lot better of a job setting it up. Like mm. In the comic, when Vanya becomes evil... It feels like a two-panel thing. She's like, I'm going to go, like, oh, screw you guys. I'm going to be evil now. This, it feels like they're really setting it up so that... Since she, episode one. Yeah. yeah. The, and, and now she, she's killed her sister. Like, she you kind of doesn't back. have a choice. You yeah. killed the younglings. Kill them all now. Can, can we talk about... Actually, you know, we'll go to moments of the week, and I'll, that'll be mine. Mike, your moment of the week. I, I think it, I don't, it's complicating Allison, because I do think we've had complaints with this, but she's been the most one note this whole season. And this late in the game, being like, oh... I didn't know you could give a character nuance this far in. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, guys. And, uh, you have to at least give it credit for uh, developing all the things throughout the season. Right. That this would work, you know? Yeah. Even if they kept it one note and for this long, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. But they set it all up so this could work. And and for it to work from her being funny with the cop, those scenes were super funny. And to her, she's just remembering the thing that happened when she was four. Yeah. I don't remember shit when I was four. So for her to be like, oh, fuck, and then slice through, oh, fuck, like all of it worked. Craig, moment of the week? The uh, like animated sequence. When the, the show has done that a couple times, and it, it just like the quality of it was really interesting. It almost seemed like watercolored. Yeah. Um, and I just like I watched that a couple times because it was pretty cool. Ryan. Um. So Allison is responsible for Vanya's ordinariness. Yeah. And the, but they still have to put her in some jail cell. And Pogo looks so sad when they had to put her down there. Pogo oh, was Pogo. sad. Pogo uh, does a lot of shit that he obviously doesn't agree with, but then yeah. just goes along with. Following orders, Pogo. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Good Jesus. bad butler. Yeah. Uh, my moment of the week is the moment where after Vanya has sliced Allison's throat, uh, Leonard walks in, and the look of like yeah. weird joy yeah. on his face. He's like, "Oh shit, this is so cool!" <laughs> like that. That performance is good. I I loved it. You ever wanted to like order a pizza, but you didn't want to be the one to say it? So uh-huh. you just leak things into oh, everybody yeah. else. Uh-huh. It's everybody else's That's idea. what being married is all about. <laughs> Try to get the other one to say you should do the bad thing. Uh, Umbrella Academy is the bad thing that I watch on Netflix. It is on all the time, but we're watching it week by week. There are two more episodes for us, uh, so tune in for those. Next up is Happy. I hope uh, you keep counting down. <laughs> on this week's episode of Happy, it's still Easter, and some people are not <laughs> happy about it. This happens to be the first episode featuring Anne Margaret, whose name is two first names with a hyphen and no last name. Um, what? <laughs> That's not even the question yet, Taylor. Oh, sorry. Taste buds ask you this. Would you believe that at almost 80, Anne Margaret still has it going on? I would, because she's got a name like Anne Margaret. Uh, I don't know who she is. But... Grumpy old men. She was the lady that broke up the two grumpy old men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's got it going on in the kitchen. I believe she was also Bye Bye Birdie. 
Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say bye-bye to that. <laughs> Greg, you Greg, hound. Greg, the fucking <laughs> content king over here. Well, guys, Happy is on Sci-Fi Network on Friday nights. Your next show this week is Legends of Tomorrow. This week on Legends of Tomorrow, it's 1973, and Tricky Dick has a cockroach living in his throat that makes him tell the truth, which is pretty bad for a politician. So the gang kidnaps the Prez, steals a family's RV, and then also wears their clothes while trying to survive a road trip with a cranky president and a bug that makes people speak only the truth. Plus, Hank and Nate take some time to really get to know each other, also betraying each other like crazy, because it turns out Hank is pulling a real biff and using his time traveling as a way to make money. But Hank wants to repair his relationship with his son, and so he stands up to Desmond, who does what any boss would do in that situation, and reveals his true demonic nature and weird face and kills Hank. Man, how office space is that? So, gentlemen, all of, all of the bug-related truth bombs, with all the bug-related truth bombs, what stuck out the most? Because the there's a whole scene, let's set up for the audience at home, there's a whole scene where they're like basically spitting the bug back and forth and everyone <laughs> has to tell the truth. So which one of those really landed for you the best? Which truth bomb? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'll tell you the one that disappointed me. I mean, Ray is always a home run hitter. Yeah. What di- the one that disappointed me was it gets in Mick's throat, and you would just love to know what's really up with Mick, and he says he wishes he had hair mm-hmm. like Fabio. <laughs> Unless they bring that back around again, which knowing this show, they probably will. I'm going to be sad. That feels like you're really set up to have like a home run of a joke. And then you kind of just come up with like a slap single. That's sort of my problem with this episode. But before we get to that, let's get back to Fabio. I, uh, I think that I might be a very shallow hair based person because when he said that, I sort of imagined him with long flowing hair. Yeah. I've always thought of him as like a thumb looking gross guy. Yeah. But if he had Fabio's hair, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it be might might be the Anne Margaret of our generation. <laughs> it could be pretty good. Um, what'd you think of that 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 Desmond Demon face? The all the holes in it. Yeah, with all the holes. Yeah, I don't. That's not. Yeah. I, I have that thing. They don't have to do that anymore. That's that. Like I have to. It's not as bad as like if somebody starts like uh, like showing their foot. Yeah, I have to look away. But but it's basically the face equivalent of like being a foot. It's so disgusting looking. Yeah, and I'm glad though. I thought in this episode they weren't gonna like do a lot of that guy because in like the first episode he just walks through the back of one scene he's like hey but this one they finally like okay this is the guy he's pulling the strings he's obviously what's going on behind the behind the curtain you know how i know i watch too many superhero shows is uh that demon guy i was like he looks so familiar where do i know him from like i don't like this storyline i don't care they have not set this up at all so i looked him up and it was from previous episodes of legends tomorrow when they were <laughs> setting that up that's what i recognize also him. we've talked about this before but he played tracy jordan's like son in quotation oh, right, marks yeah <laughs> yeah and it's really 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 good in that episode so check it out <laughs> the thing that was sort of missing from this episode i think is that like so often legends will do like eight premises in an episode very interestingly yeah and that truth bug thing was like it just seemed sort of like phoned in, you know? There was a lot of stuff like that. This was their equivalent of a bottle episode, uh-huh. and the bug thing was supposed to, like, facilitate that. And it just, it should have been one of the greatest Legends moments, and they just didn't bring the heat. Still way better than most of the shit we watched. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you guys have a moment of the week, Greg? Uh, I sure do have a moment of the week. Uh, when they're all telling the truth, Ray says that he used a strategy guide to beat the Water Temple, <laughs> which obviously is like Link Ocarina of Time. I, and the reason that's perfect is that's a legendarily annoying dungeon. Yeah. So you should never admit to using a strategy guide to beat anything, but that's like the one that's a liner because it's just a very frustrating dungeon with a, with an annoying water mechanic. And so <laughs> that was like the perfect ref, I thought. 
Uh, Ryan, moment of the week? My moment of the week is they're talking about names and how everybody's name like perfectly fits their personality. And isn't that stupid and obvious? And how is that subtle? Uh, and then somebody's like, oh, we don't have subtlety anymore. And then they steal a car, and the song Free Ride starts playing <laughs> as they steal the car. <laughs> I love this fucking show. Yeah. Fuck, I'm so upset I didn't watch it. Legends it was not a, was on. Yeah, no, it was, it was yeah. great. Yeah, it wasn't a perfect episode, but it still really yeah. is so much better than anything else. Legends Almost. of Tomorrow is on Tuesday nights on the CW. Your next show this week is the season two premiere of Netflix's The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. This week on Sabrina, we get introduced to the term top boy and proceed ah! to hear it used constantly. <laughs> Sabrina is running for top boy, but gets pushed back because top boy has always been held by a boy. Hence the boy <laughs> in top boy. After a series of wild witch challenges and being haunted by demons sent after her, she does not get the position, but does find out that demons are trying to make sure she doesn't ascend to some position. Also, Susie is Theo now, and Sabrina helps him get a spot on the team he is wholly unqualified for. <laughs> Taste Buds, I ask you this. How long before Theo gets booted back off the basketball team? Yeah, like, does Sabrina show up at every practice and right. game from now on? <laughs> or, like, Theo's going to be devastated. Yeah, Sabrina has screwed Theo over pretty <laughs> significantly. Like, I, I appreciate that, that Theo wants to be on the basketball team, and that's great. But someone... Like, one of the characters, I think it was the coach, was very, like, was on the ball. He's like, you can try out. Like, we're fine, but you're very but short. Like, you can't he, jump and you Craven can't play basketball. wasn't a dick about it. Yeah. No, first. he absolutely, I thought he absolutely was. He's like, short, you can try out. If he had just been cool, like, well, everybody gets an equal opportunity, right. then I don't know if that would have happened. But he had to be an asshole about it. And then yeah. Sabrina just keeps pushing her power. And Theo was the one who was the most surprised. Like, the, yeah. the villain like, team oh, and every sports thing needs a villain team. They're like, well, that was weird. I didn't expect that. But Theo's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, My legs are going crazy, guys. Whoa, I'm suddenly good at basketball. Like, yeah, there's no way that Theo keeps up uh, like on that basketball team. Do you that, do a perma spell? I, is that a thing? Just I don't know a, if we've addressed that yet. A nonstop perm? Yeah. That's going to help her play basketball? Uh, so the actual plot of the episode, the... Uh, the top boyiness of it all. The top boyiness of it all. How did that guy work for you guys? How did you feel about that, that plot line? I was I of two it. minds because, like... It really took a step back on subtlety this entire episode. Right. But it's sort of in funny, awesome ways. Like, this this show went from, like, the world is weird, right? Not balanced to, oh, my God, these are the most green bookian misogynistic <laughs> bastards of all time. And yeah. to the point where even Nick Scratch is like, wait, this is fucked up. Like, I love Nick. I'm, I'm Team Nick, which means he's going to be evil by the end of the season yeah. for sure. But he's like, I never noticed what a misogynistic world we live in. But now that I have a girlfriend, this is yeah. fucked up. They go to a literal boys club and hang out. And that's where they discuss. Like, they, they in, like, a fake, a facsimile of a severed Sabrina head, serve to someone <laughs> as, like, watch yourself, motherfucker. <laughs> like, that's, that's on the nose. In Dorian's gray room? What? Is that in Dorian's gray room? Yeah. They show that fake head, and everyone just laughs and like, "Ha <laughs> jocular." Yeah, <laughs> and also, uh, it that that was the scene where they played like a striptease to "Love to Love You, Baby," <laughs> which was wild. Like that, I <laughs> and was. Why not, was Betty Cooper doing the dancing? Yeah, <laughs> like that was a Shady Riverdale. Version. Like usually, this show is very distinct from Riverdale, even though that they are like from the same sort of cloth. That was a the most Riverdale moment I think this show has ever had. It was hard to watch because, uh, one, Top Boy is the greatest phrase of all time. Two, are they overusing it? Are they trying to make fetch happen? And then three, I couldn't stop thinking about, like, on Superhero Hour Hour, 
who was the top boy and could it be me? It's Taylor. It's me. Yeah, yeah it's I'm Taylor the top Taylor. boy. Obviously. Well, you have to be nominated. I guess Greg just did that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I nominate Ryan. Aha. All right, well. I vote for Taylor. Bring out the shit. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Done. Mission accomplished. I'm the top boy and it's now the top boy's job <laughs> to ask for moments of the week. <laughs> Mike. Okay, call me old fashioned. But I don't think principals should get strippers for their high school age students. <laughs> you know what? That's my You are such week. a funny daddy. Wow. I was you know, blown away. It's an old school opinion, but I'll accept it as moment of the week, Ryan. My moment of the week is uh, Sabrina's got all these spells, so Theo can be good at basketball. But uh, if you could also have like a backup spell, if you can minor in a spell of like some sort of deodorant, because Theo was just shooting Sweatin'. armpit sweat from everywhere. The B.O. Everywhere. of Theo. <laughs> Uh, my moment of the week was uh, before the, the coach pushes back on Theo, like two of the players, like one of them's like, you can't play because you're a girl. And the other one's like, and because you're short and you can't shoot for shit. <laughs> That's the more okay. important one. Just be, yeah, just be Future constructive coach. with your criticism. I have a second one. Uh, oh, okay. Early on, Nick says to Sabrina, he says, I'm glad you're single with new hair. It's hot. And then they <laughs> just walk away. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Be bold with your intentions. And also her head was still attached to her body. Mm-hmm. Unlike that joke. Such a good look. Oh, Sabrina's on Netflix all the time. We're watching it week by week. There are nine more episodes for us to watch. And so keep tuning in. Your final show this week is Doom Patrol. This week on Doom Patrol, meet Danny the Street, a genderqueer street, uh, pronouns they, them, that travels the world supporting outsiders and needs the energy of nonstop parties to stay alive. I love them and they love you, but wouldn't you know it, a bunch of narcs want to ruin all the acceptance in the name of normalcy. And they just so happen to be a bunch of narcs who used to torture Larry Trainer for kicks and giggles. Crazy Jane's new persona is a rom-com addicted mind controller. So white, her name has to be Karen, and her name is Karen. But you can't call her crazy, because when you call her crazy, you're just calling her in love. Before Karen can force some poor Doug to marry her, she goes to the sunken place, leaving no one in charge of Jane's body. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. How much do you stand, Danny the Street? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This I, is a good-ass street, I, you I'm guys. I'm a Stanny for Danny, 100%. <laughs> I like this is the episode where it feels like it was made specifically for me. Yeah. And like if I had to get there are several This of one's my, for Top Boy, they said yeah. if they made it. And there and there's several of my friends who I'm like, I wouldn't be able to sell this to them on like most episodes, but I just have to say there's a genderqueer sentient street and they do a drag show to Carly Ray Jepsen's cut yeah. to the feeling. <laughs> did you get to guest write an episode? I think I did. <laughs> I uh, I texted you two, Greg yeah. and Mike, when I was watching the show. I like I left Taylor out of the feed because I wasn't sure how this show was going to work with a scene in a you know drag club with Carly Rae Jepsen playing. Did you guys think about it all, like what your thing would be? Like this is to Taylor as what is to you? Okay, a Blink-182 cover band <laughs> doing somersaults on poles? Eating I don't know. mashed potatoes. Eating mashed For potatoes. me, maybe like a big butt on a book. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do love big books, and you cannot lie. But yeah, Taylor, man, I cannot this, believe this episode was created. It's unfair it that we haven't gotten our own. Yeah, like it seems like there are other shows that I have just like like jizzed all over because I love them so much, but none of them have presented me just like a present for me. Okay, I have to ask you though about Danny the Street. Were you at all kind of disappointed when he's like, or when they are like, uh, well, I'm sorry, who are you having problems with? And <laughs> yeah. uh, the people are like, oh, it's Mr. Nobody. And they're just like, all right, peace out. <laughs> peace out. Bye. L- listen, I would love to help you. Not going to happen, bro. They literally just jump away. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Like, all right, well, best of luck with that. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck off. Do you think Danny the Street's going to be back? 
I really hope this is. I a, hope so. I hope they're going to be regular, a big part of the show. But no, but I think at probably the end of the season, probably Danny the Street might come back. I know we love Danny, and I do. Wait, oh, oh I already, boy, I hate the oh beginning. Boy. That's okay. the worst beginning. But isn't it? These people have to party all the time. Like there's some sort of Eddie Murphy's yeah. girl. My girl wants to party all the time. <laughs> They don't get to nap because this is what Danny lives on. That also seems si- kind of hellish, and it's not Danny's fault. Doom Patrol. We trust in Doom Patrol enough to know that if they had a problem with their life, living They'd on leave. Danny the street, no, we, we would have at least seen faces or uh-huh. like yeah. sadness. They. It seems like they all love it. They want to party, right? And, and I think it's hard it, work, but they're willing yeah. to do it. And I think it's <laughs> obvious from the first time that we see Danny mm-hmm. that like when they're not being actively hunted, right? Everything's fine, and people are like, "Yeah, we're just happy to like do this, and we're going to do this no matter what." But now that it's like they're being hunted, everyone's like, "We're really struggling to keep it up." It's, also, it's not one of those parties that like we think of parties where it's nonstop work and like uh-huh. uh, extroversion. Uh, they're just like accepted all the time on this street, so it's it's a, a little bit it's a less literal party. I think mm-hmm. I do believe it's a West Coast party because I've heard that when West Coast parties start, they they just do not stop. Yeah, yeah there's no stopping. I've also heard they're that. legally not allowed. So that's the Danny of it all. Let's talk about briefly this uh, rom com Karen. Karen. Karen, dude, guys, Karen. Karen. I I really like that they are being a little judicious with Jane's personalities. Mm-hmm. And they're giving us like a new one every like two or three episodes. Sixty four is a lot. Mm. Yeah, but uh, but like, listen, Karen was the one I've been waiting for. Yes, <laughs> it was, like I love Karen. I also love that like so. Cliff is meeting all of them for the first time every time there's a new one, and Rita's just like, God damn, yeah, Karen, because she has Rita to be has the all sassy these, like, best friend. She's like yeah. cool beans. Oh no, she <laughs> moved from cool beans to it. And was. she has all these like uh, kits. Like oh the shit, this is the Karen kit. And she grabs it and then they go. Uh, the other thing too is that um, I thought that it was like it wasn't like mind breaking. It wasn't mind blowing as far as what they did to rom coms, but it was definitely a Doom Patrol level of thought towards this shit. Mm-hmm. But to put it in the Danny the Street episode, right? Sometimes a, B, a plots and B plots could they 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 could be split up and put yeah. in any episode. But to have the episode of like we hate your non gender normative. And then to have the Karen episode of like, this is what gender normative uh-huh. is. Yeah, that they, worked nicely together. Yeah. This is what some people think of as normal. Right. This is what you want instead? For Doom Patrol, the idea is normal's the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah. And that how far normal will go to keep normal is so much weirder than just like a boy who wants to put a dress on. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I think that, yeah, Karen is supposed to be like the hyper normal. Like this mm. is something that our society seems to cherish for whatever reason. I mean, how many, how many movies and shows have we watched where we just see most of Karen? Yeah, and just accept it. Like, oh yeah, that's what yeah. it's supposed to be like. Yeah. When she fell in the mud, I was like, run down. Oh my god, <laughs> man, she ate shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I also, she, I also, I appreciated that Doug is played by. This is a just a thing specifically for me. But you. the guy from the Peter Rottentail. <laughs> no, Rotten no, but he is. He's a guy that I am familiar with because he is an actor who has the exact same name as my roommate. So anytime you look up my roommate, that guy comes up first. <laughs> I bet so that I drives like, your roommate nuts. It's like, oh, it's Brent. I love him. <laughs> so that was Doug. That, it was an episode oh, made for me. And and in the B plot, that was less than the A plot. But it was horrifying to watch Doug's family go from, yes. she is bad for you, to, yeah. yeah, you're getting married. That was like, no. Or just when he comes out of the house initially and he's uh-huh. not under the spell yet. And he's like, no, 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 no. He tries no, to no, run no. away. And then just for Cliff to never say, like, oh. Isn't this how all rom coms are? Uh-huh. Where like yeah. you get hypnotized? Like that's so important, and people just don't get that message. Also, she has like probably four of the top five funniest lines, maybe on the show yet. Like she's such a comic gem for this show. Karen is Karen. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, she has um, 
when Cliff says, I had uh, a rat in my head. She says, it's okay. We all have rats <laughs> yeah. in our heads sometimes. She says, cool beans. Uh, she she says to Rita like I know you'll help me. Rita says why, and she says duh because we're best friends. And Rita <laughs> says no, we're not. And she says oh my god, Rita, you are so weird. <laughs> <laughs> just the first time we meet Karen, we uh, don't know what the whole premise is. Right, but it's just the mouth on the phone. Yeah, and like how normal she's talking. Like we get why Rita's so freaked out. Like this <laughs> on this show. What's about to happen will be horrible. Yeah, the more normal something is, yeah. the more like it's going to snap back and just be awful. And the only other Jane we get to see is Hammerhead, yeah. who only has a line, if I get fucked, you get fucked. And <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, Karen's crazy. We're <laughs> way more used to this. Yeah. If I get fucked, you get fucked. That was that was like a, any other episode, that would be a moment of the week line. Because that was great. I also liked, uh, you are Grey Gordon's level pathetic. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was real and harsh. <laughs> she, right. says to, she says to Cliff, uh, Cliff, I'd invite you in, but you're sort of weird and creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super funny when girls say that to you. <laughs> Love that. All right, well, I am, unfortunately, no. we do have to move on. So we're going around the horn for moments of the week. Mike? I have to. Okay. Uh, the first one is I'll funny. It. Doug gets a great line. He goes, holy shit, a robot for our wedding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a real dude reaction. Yeah. Uh, a real Mike reaction <laughs> before his wedding. No, and then I would kill that robot. Robots are the worst. And then uh, Larry's karaoke scene. You feel so good for him. Oh. Larry Oki. Larry Oki. And then that Larry Oki is fake. Gutted me in a oh, way. I knew yeah. Doom, Pico- Doom Patrol could do a lot, but for make me that sad, I did not expect. Yeah, I, I had in my notes, that cut was devastating but like you think but but and this is my moment of the week uh then the very last thing that happens is when danny drops them off larry is singing and he's not singing like he had been singing as well in his like mental thing Mm -hmm. but he clearly did eventually go up there and sing so he did do it Mm -hmm. and i think that that's like that's an important counterpoint to how devastating it is when he says i don't sing because he did sing and he's getting better because that's what danny the street does he makes you the best version of yourself yeah it's like the uh that end of Polar Express where like oh it was all a dream but then there's a sleigh bell in there like mm-hmm. he was singing for that yeah. one second at least uh, but my part of the week is like I always wonder what people think of the shows that like represent them like is this doing a good job but I think that to have Matt Bomer singing in a tuxedo like I feel like yeah. this is Kelly everybody's Clarkson. fine with this a one Kelly yeah. Clarkson. We got, yeah you knocked it out of the park uh, if if mine can't be, it's cut to the feeling a drag show, obviously. Uh, but if I'm move, doing something else, it would be uh, when uh, uh, Vic isn't quite getting it, and someone says, "Robo Boy doesn't understand non-binary." Yeah, <laughs> that was very good. That was such a good. That was such a good line. Mara Lee corrupt. Oh, and she also killed. fucking great drag name. Yeah, one hundred. I thought they were all taken, but apparently they're not. not. No. Also, like I know not the point of the show and the bureaucracy of normal or whatever is going to hunt them down, but. The evil man also thought that the street ate his partner. If Marley Corrupt just wrote a letter like, hey, I'm good, maybe it would have been better. No, fuck. Don't, no. Say, don't say anything positive to, about no. Darren Jones, dude. Yeah, this guy is so guy. awful. He is part of a government organization that's just supposed to police what's normal. Yeah. He's awful. I, I got to give it up to anything who gives us that classic 80s uh, beat the bully thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, this was super, like, no, he's just going to get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And it was awesome. And then we got to the line, tell him Larry Trainer sent you. <laughs> I just, anytime anyone gets to say that, I love it. Uh, that is all of the shows that we had this week. Uh, tune in next week. We might have more shows next week. <laughs> We're definitely going to have more shows next week. And Do you want to know what's next week? What is next week, Ryan? Next week, we have the Punisher finale. Oh! We have the return of all the CW shows. Oh! 
And the legends are meeting Jane Austen. Oh, fuck! Oh, wow! I'm very excited for all of that, and you should be too. Tune in next week to hear us talk about all of those things. Until then, for Greg, I'm Mike. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, we are the world. I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to... Right till I can't no more. Does this technically get us on the country list if he's doing this right now? I think so. And people will be mad. About it. What's the what's the lowest we can be on the country list and you'd still be okay with it? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah, I would love eighty nine. Anything lower? Wait, higher? What's worse? What's good? Is number one higher level? Eighty nine is the only good spot. <laughs> Tell me nothing.